0: Let's just declare Jesus as our Lord right now. Just just say, Jesus, you're you're my Lord. You know, there's power in the name of Jesus. And did you know that there is absolutely no sin, no devil, no force on earth that carries more authority and more power than that name? The name of Jesus. And through Jesus, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let's just say it. Jesus, you are, Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, Lord. Jesus, be my Lord. I yield to you. I, to you. I believe you. I believe, I believe, you. I believe. I believe you've you. been raised up from the dead and you now live, now live. making intercession for, for me. For me. I, believe. I believe I'm full of faith. I'm, full of faith. I'm, rising, up I'm rising up in your power. in your name name. and I declare declare. Jesus is Lord Lord. listen to this I greatly rejoice in the Lord (laughs) how do you greatly rejoice by whispering glory no how do you greatly rejoice man you do a jig you cut the rug you shout Jesus says, I exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's wrapped me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom wears a turban and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its growth and as a garden enables what is sown to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. We live in a time of resurrection. Come on. We live in a time where the impossible is possible. We live in a time where the name of Jesus carries all the authority that there is in the earth. And so we just declare the name of Jesus over every situation. You know, in... in Isaiah 62, it begins to talk about Jerusalem and, and, and the spiritual analogy is that the Jerusalem it's talking about is the church. And this is what it says. It, it makes some amazing declarations about how the Lord delights in His bridegroom, how the Lord is, is shining a bright light on her. And then along about verse 6, it says, Jerusalem, I, that's church, I have appointed watchmen on your walls and they will never be silent day or night. You who remind the Lord, no rest for you. Listen, some of you are watchmen and some of you need to speak up. Some of you need to cry out. Some of you need to begin to declare what the Lord has put inside of you and become bold like another person. Become bold as a lion, declaring the righteousness of God. Man, someone say amen. Listen to this. He says, go out. Go out through the gates, prepare a way for the people, build it up, build up the highway, clear away the stones, raise a banner for the peoples. Look, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to daughter Zion, this is what he's saying, look, your salvation is coming, your reward is with him. And they will be called a holy people. And you will be called sought after. Someone say, I'm sought after. I'm a city not deserted. I stand in your righteousness. His blood has cleansed me. His righteousness is on me. And I receive it. So Lord, do as you will. This day. in this house, in in me, me. and amen. Amen. Well, one way we love God is we love on one another. And somebody has been praying. Maybe a bunch of you, but someone's been praying. Man, something was uncorked. I just feel it. (laughs) And you know, when you take a bottle and you shake that thing up, whoo, there's pressure that builds up. And when that cork, makes the exit, there's stuff inside of that bottle that comes out. And so we're just going to expect that the glory of God is just going to get all over this community, this nation, this world, and that His revival is going to absolutely sweep this land starting right here in Landisville. Hallelujah. I know this is impromptu, but uh, Apostle Dale, I want you to come and just give us an update on uh, Colorado and about your time out there. He was at our sister church out in Colorado with Pastor Jay, and I heard the full report from Pastor Jay. And so, uh, share with us a little bit about the good things God has been doing. Praise God. Well, it was a, a, a wonderful
1: time. Uh, they have moved into a new building, and I think they have 80 chairs. And just so, so blessed to see them growing in the Lord. But not only that, they had opened up the building and they're renting it out to another congregation. So the CWI uh, uh, Delta meets at uh, Saturday night, and then this second congregation, Community Church, meets on Sunday morning. And what was a blessing is they're a Pentecostal church, but let's just say their youth group is in the upper, lower 50s. (laughs) You know, I felt right at home with them. And uh, so, so it's really exciting because you have this young, vibrant congregation Saturday night with lots of kids, and then you have this older congregation, and uh, you also have more of a Mennonite influence among uh, CWI, and then you have more of a, I don't know what influence, you know, in the, in the, but we mixed, and the pastor's opened his heart, uh, he, he loves the faith message, So it wasn't just, uh, as I had expected, a CWI meeting, but it was really an example of unity. And in that unity, the Holy Ghost fell. So we had some really strong messages. Uh, I know Saturday night, I I didn't know if we were going to ever end. And uh, when we had the altar call for for a healing anointing, literally 100% of the congregation came forward. It was just out of this world. And then Sunday morning... I preached for two hours straight, which felt like a half hour. You know when you're in that anointing, and it just... and uh, then we prayed uh, a corporate prayer, and there were at least, there may have been more, but I know there were at least five instantaneous miracles, not 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 being healed by degree, but miracles. One elderly woman just kept, she couldn't stop crying, and she kept rubbing her hand. All the gross on the back of her hand were gone, and she wanted to know where they went. <laughs> I always find that so funny, because everybody wants to know where they went. I don't really care where they went. There was another young man who had brought in an oxygen tank, and uh, he didn't need it. And every breath he took, his eyes were just f- overflowing with tears. So the power of God manifested and uh, But really the theme of the, the whole conference was Psalms 112, that your seed is mighty upon the earth. And my heart in that, as I was meditating on it, I've always preached that that's my seed are my children. That's why all my boys are taller than I am. <laughs> and uh, there's a, there is a truth in that. But God began dealing with me that we have seed all over the world. And there was a seed uh, when, when a good friend of mine, Ed Garner, just said, hey, why don't you call this young guy out there in Colorado, the Sid Rob? We don't know who he is. But thank God I made a phone call. Yes. And you don't think of that as a seed. We also gave the example of Dr. Ron Charles, who's a... Brian Wills' friend, he's an archaeologist, and Dr. Charles was driving in a rainstorm in Atlanta, Georgia, and there was a young girl changing a tire on the side of the freeway, so he stopped to change her tire. He didn't know she was the daughter of an Egyptian diplomat where he ministers, but that opened up doors, and it's the message really that that blesses me is this seed hasn't stopped. The corn we're going to eat this summer came from the Garden of Eden. And I'm so, so thankful to see that the seed that was planted in Colorado, uh, uh, Sid and Jen have every right to just be overflowing with joy, to see that the seed they planted is continuing in lives and families. And to me, is a confirmation of the call of God on this precious couple. And, and what excites me is that seed is just beginning, beginning to be spread. And, of course, it's in all of our lives, isn't mm-hmm. it? Amen. And, and we just multiply and multiply and multiply. Who knows where the Lord will take you in that. But I, I also want to say that the bottle's been uncorked. I, I, I don't know. I hesitated because I've been praying about it. I told my wife I'd be praying about it before I went public. But uh, I haven't sensed the anointing that I sensed in Colorado anywhere except on the international, on the mission field, where miracles were commonplace. I've never felt that miracle anointing in America. It's coming. We need the power of God in our generation. I don't believe that was a fluke. I believe as we press in, God will reveal His glory, multiplied time after time. Amen. Amen. But I'll shut up or I won't shut up. So come and uncork yourself, my friend. Hallelujah. Bless you. Thank you. So proud of you, brother.
0: Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Well, just so many times we've started churches and they fail. So many times we, we launch out and it doesn't, things don't turn out and it doesn't come to pass. But when you see something thrive, you know God's in it. Because it's not because of us, is it? It's right. because the Lord's yes. in it. I don't mean it in that way. I think you all know what I'm saying, yes. right? Yes. So we follow what God is doing, and He's just getting started. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: So what you ministered out there, it took. Because uh, Pastor Jay, as I was talking to him yesterday, about every fifth sentence was, Our seed is mighty in the earth.
1: Amen. i got to figure one more thing just to encourage you. <laughs>
0: and it's the Holy
1: Ghost or I wouldn't do this I've heard myself enough in the last 50 years uh, I preached on a, a, a Friday night Dr. Ron Charles' testimony about stopping and changing a tire went and did LTS in the morning drove out of the church not more than 150 yards to the corner of the highway and there was a woman changing a tire <laughs> And Jay and I just looked at each other, it's like, and Jay's like, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone changing a tire on the side of the road, let alone a woman with two teenage kids, and they don't know how to change the tire. So Jay jumped out. I just sat there just with the light on my face, just watching him. Jay jumps out, changes the tire. It was blown. It, it, you can't fix it. Well, I'm going to take this tire and get you a new tire. This woman's weeping. And it was just so cool. It's not coincidence, right?
2: Mm -hmm. That's
1: right. Amen? So when you see that opportunity to sow your seed, be bold because you don't know where that's going to take you. You might end up in Russia. Who knows where you'll end up? Praise the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. you.
0: Tonight in the prayer room as we were praying, the Lord said to me, He said, If you could only see what I see, and see as I see, if you could know as I know, you'd be so excited you couldn't contain it. You know, the Lord is doing things in the earth. We live in an unprecedented time. We live in a time where things are being multiplied and fast-forwarded and turbocharged and this miracle anointing that you've been talking about. Yes, I completely, 100% bear witness to yes, yes, and yes. Yes. Go with me, if you would, over to the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to continue our series on healing is the will of God, and we've covered a whole bunch of reasons, and we're going to, uh, this is the text, well, normally we start in Luke 5, but we're going to start with the same uh, story, but out of the Gospel according to Matthew. So Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1. Man, haven't we had a good time tonight already? I feel like I went through the river and was rebaptized somehow. That makes me a true Anabaptist now. All right, verse one, chapter eight of Matthew. When he came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him right away. Now he just come down from preaching the Sermon on the Mount, right? And really powerful teachings. So, large crowd is following. Right away, a man with a serious skin disease came up and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Reaching out his hand, he touched him, saying, I am willing, be made clean. Immediately, his disease was cleansed. Then Jesus told him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses prescribed as a testimony to them. So he is sent to the priest to get his clear bill of health. How many need a clear bill of health? Well, don't look to the doctor for it, look to the Lord for it. All right? So, uh, backing up to verse 2, the question here is. Is, Lord, if You're willing, and that's been the question that we've been answering with reason after reason after reason. Lord, if You're willing, You can make me clean. And we've, been ans- we've answered uh, this question 22 different ways now. And the answer is yes. The answer is yes, the Lord is willing. In fact, I'll just list the reasons that we have covered so far. We've, we've covered 20, uh, 22 reasons to this point. So reason number one was God's Word is medicine. A strong spirit will sustain you. God's original creation. God's will in heaven and the new creation that is to come. You know, there's no one sick in heaven. That shows His will. We looked at the origin of sickness. We saw that sickness is a work of the devil. That's what Scripture tells us. Then there's the eternal names of the Lord. You know, Jen referenced that earlier tonight. Jehovah Jireh, that the Lord will provide. The Lord will see to it and provide. Well, another one of His names is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And He's still doing that. He hasn't changed changed His name to the Lord who used to heal. Reason number eight is God's covenant of healing. Number nine, sickness is part of the curse of the law. And reason number 10 is we've been redeemed from the curse of the law by Jesus Christ. Reason 11, we ask what about Job? And we saw that because of Job, we believe in healing. Reason number 12, healing in the old covenant types of redemption. In the old covenant, the types of redemption had healing in them. Well then, we'll go on to reason number 13, which is healing in redemption itself. We saw that in Isaiah 53, you can read all about it, how that Jesus went to the cross and that He bore our sicknesses, He bore our pains, and by His wounds, we are healed. Someone say, "I I am healed. We answered the question about Paul's thorn. What about Paul's thorn? We looked at the resurrection. That's proof of the healing power and will of God. Resurrection. We recognize the reason number fifteen that God is a good God. He's good. He's not bad. He is good. In fact, we could add another reason to this, but I'll just lump it in with this when Jesus is called the good shepherd for a reason. He's not called the bad shepherd, the one who inflicts you with sickness. No, a good shepherd does what? Provides for you in more ways than just finances or healing, but provides complete and full salvation. For you. Earlier tonight, we had read the scripture um, back when we were worshiping in song. I had read how that um, the Lord has clothed us with garments of salvation. Well, that word salvation is an all-inclusive word. Inside that word, it carries redemption and forgiveness of sins, it carries healing, it carries deliverance. In that word salvation, it also means prosperity. So the whole kit and caboodle has been delivered to us and for us. Reason number 16, that we believe healing is the will of God is because healing is the children's bread. It's the staple. Reason number 17, because of the mercy of God. How many people came to Jesus and said, have mercy on us? And He always answered it with them being healed. Not once did He go, well, you keep tarrying and waiting for the Lord and eventually you'll get it. Not one time. Reason number 18, We, you and I have been given authority over sickness and disease and demons. Authority. He gave it to us. Reason number 19 is the doctrine of the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands. Reason number 20, this one's one of my favorite. It's just simply because of faith. Because of faith. Simple, ordinary, everyday faith that is available to all of us. Not some special you know, thing off in the corner, but each one of us have been given a measure of faith is what the Word says. Or the measure of faith, I should say. We've been given the measure of faith, which is Jesus. Faith comes from the Word. Who is the Word? Jesus is the Word, is what Scripture tells us. And so because of that faith, we can believe That what He has provided for us, we can appropriate it and take it and say, it's mine, I receive it and walk in divine health. And then we answered the question, what about doctors and medicine? Are doctors and medicine the enemy of faith? And we looked at that and and we saw that no, they're not the enemy of faith. Medicine and doctors are referred to as a good thing. In fact, uh, the Gospel of Luke and, and he was known as the beloved physician is how Paul called the Apostle Luke, Dr. Luke, right? So doctors weren't bad. He didn't, he didn't say, you know, don't call me by that title anymore. That was, that was before I was saved. Now call me Pastor Luke or, or Apostle Luke or Evangelist Luke. No, that was just fine. He was still Dr. Luke. And the answer to that question, what about doctors in medicine, is simply this, be led. Be led. In fact, if you look, you know, so many times we want to cover things in a, in a generalized blanket way. We want to, if it worked last time, we, our automatic go-to is we'll just do that again. Because it worked last time. Never stopping to check and say, Lord, what should I do this time? You know, I know last time this fixed the problem... Is this what I should do? We need to have that relationship with Him in a greater degree than what we've been walking in sometimes. Sometimes we're just so quick to move into the natural means that we have available to us. And there's nothing wrong with the natural means. We, we discussed how if you had a splinter in your finger, you wouldn't just believe God to remove the splinter. If you had a tweezers available for you to pull it out, Right? You would believe God to help you, give you a steady hand, help me get a hold of that thing. You know, splinter, you come out of there, you're talking to it. And man, between it helping you and the Lord helping you and you, the tweezers, you pull it out. Now you thank the Lord for healing and that no infection is in my body. And I am the redeemed and righteousness of the Lord. And no foul bacteria, virus, or devil has any place in me. Right. Well, um, to, in order to be led, that means we have to be asking Right? Be asking. In fact, uh, here where we read in Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, now the question was, Are you willing? Jesus answered it, Yes, I'm willing, be made clean. In verse 3, immediately, how soon? Immediately, immediately his disease was cleansed or healed. Instantly, he could look down and go, Ah, look at that. It's gone. Where did it go? It's gone, right? So he sees the result of it. And what does Jesus say to him? Jesus says, okay, go show yourself to the priest. You're seeing it. Now go show yourself to the priest and get the clean bill of health from them. You're right to be walking around amongst society without all kinds of distance between you and everyone else. But See, if we just read that, so many times we look at an incident in Scripture and we go, oh... So that's how it's always done. After you see that you are healed, now you can go to the doctor for that clean bill of health. But is that is that faith? No, that's going by sight. In fact, let's go over to Luke chapter 17 and let's look at a very similar story, but end with the same result. Result being healed, but with a different means of arriving there. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. The story of the ten lepers. While traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, ten men, so not just one this time, ten men with serious skin diseases met him. Do you think it was any more difficult for them to become healed, ten of them, than there was just the one guy in the earlier story? Any more difficult? You know, God maybe sweat just a little bit on the throne. (laughs) Squeaking that one out. No, it's, it's like... A response to His power is the simplest thing in the world. Verse 14, or no, 14, um, 12, as He entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases met Him. They stood at a distance, so they're far away from Him because they're not allowed to get too close, else they could be stoned. They stood at a distance, and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us! And when he saw them, he told them, of course he had to shout back, right? Go show yourselves to the priests! Now these cats, they could look down at their arms and at their body, and they could see, I'm not healed. Now how come I would go to a priest when I can clearly see I still got leprosy all over me? Why would I go to the priest? I mean, they're going to stone me when I walk in there. Why would I haul off and go to a place that I know better than going? I can clearly see I'm not healed yet. I'll do like that other guy that came and asked the Lord for healing. And when he was finally healed, then he went to the priest. That's what I'll do. I'll wait for the healing and then I'll go. But that's not what the story says, is it? If we read the next verse, it says what they did. It says, and while the same verse, I guess, and while they were going, It's while they were going, they were cleansed or healed. It was in their, yes, believed His Word. And it was in their obedience to what He directed them to do that their healing now came. They set out walking to the priest to go show Him full of leprosy. And all of a sudden, I don't know how many steps it took, but at some point, they were like, whoa! It's gone! It's gone! See, you and I have to... Believe the Word just that way. That in spite of our circumstances, in spite of what our eye is seeing in the natural, that we take a hold of what Jesus said, and we go, yes, that's true for me. I'm going. And we receive our healing in that process of obedience. You know, sometimes healing will come to you. Um, Medicine can assist it. We're still talking about doctors and medicine and faith. You know, whatever you do, do it in faith. Ask the Lord, what should I do? And then if you take the medicine, take it in faith. Speak to your body. Declare over your body that nothing harmful, none of these harmful side effects on here are going to affect me negatively in any way. I mean, if the Lord's telling you to take it, well, then it's going to be fine for you. If the Lord's saying not to take it, well, then you better not because those harmful side effects are there for a reason. Right? So, be led. Everyone say, be led. Be led. You know, a couple weeks ago, I I was dealing with a headache. And I'd been having this headache for about two weeks, come on and off, and uh, it's really, it was really, really annoying. You know, when you get your head hurts a lot, it's difficult to think straight. And so I'm believing God for it to be gone. I'm taking Tylenol to help me cope with it. I'm speaking to it, right? All these different things. I'm going to the chiropractor, and. Finally, instead of just doing what I think I know to do, I mean, there's some things we ought to automatically do. We ought to speak to it. We ought to believe God. We ought to declare that by His wounds I'm healed. But finally, one evening I'm taking a shower and I said, Lord, what should I do about this headache? And the Lord said to me, clear as a bell on the inside, He said, uh, get an inversion table. I'm like, Inversion table? I forgot those things existed. I remember my grandpas had one when I was a child, and we like to hang upside down on it. Inversion table. As soon as I'm out of the shower, I get my phone, I go, I'm going to obey, right? I go right on, order an inversion table. Man, I got the Cadillac kind. It's got a vibrator in the back and a heat pad in the back, and it's great, you know? And so I ordered this thing. Now, was I wanting to spend a hundred plus dollars on an inversion table? No. No, I don't want to. But what I do want is to be free of headache. And the Lord says, get an inversion table when I ask about the headache, so there must be some sort of connection. And He knows my body a lot better than I know it. Yeah. So I got that, that thing about two days later, and I started hanging upside down on that thing. And yeah, I haven't had a headache since. I haven't had any back problems since then. Wow. It's been like, wow, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. See, He knows what it takes to get your body yanked into line. So let's be led. Reason number 21, we're still in review. Reason number 21 we covered last week is we believe in healing because of the continuing ministry of Jesus. You find it all through the early church in the book of Acts. The acts of the early church. And, and I made the statement, you know, the early church is the same church we're a part of. It's not a different church. It's not, you know, we're, we're part of the same church and work that jesus started in the earth and it's a continuation of his ministry and reason number 22 that we believe in healing or that god's will is to heal is because of signs and wonders in the book of acts in the early church in particular the gifts of the spirit gifts of the spirit that are given to the church by the power of the holy spirit so are you ready for reason number 23 who is spirit-led enough to know what it is? Reason number twenty-three that we are certain that healing is God's will for everyone is because of is because the Scripture commands us to pray for healing. Pray for healing. Let's go to James five, verse sixteen, and let's look at a well-known verse about praying for healing. James five. Verse 16, and this is what he says. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Now in verse 14, he starts it out by saying, Is anyone sick? He's not talking about spiritual healing here. He's talking about physical, bodily healing. He says, Pray for one another. Why? So that you may be healed. So if we're to pray, would if it well why would we pray for them to be healed? What if it's not God's will for them to be healed? Right? He wouldn't tell us that to pray for someone to be healed if it might not be His will. Maybe for that person. Maybe the circumstance they are in right now. The Lord's trying to teach them something. The Lord's trying to you know, minister something to them, so let's allow them to, to just stay in this sickness a little longer to learn their lessons. But that's not at all. He says pray for them. And now would the Lord ask us to pray something... Because this was written by the power or by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, would the Holy Spirit tell us to pray for something if it was not possible that it could be? Would he tell us to pray for something we cannot have? No, he would not. Prayer is not somatics, it's not just motions that we do, the boxes that we check. Prayer is a real, living conversation, back and forth, between you and the Lord. And when you present a request, a petition, or an intercession, or even a demand to the Lord, He is listening. He is listening. And I'm going to, let's just, uh, well, let's back up. No, let's read verse 16 again. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Now, um, if you confess your sins, that means that there's forgiveness here too, right? Would the Lord tell us to confess sins if they won't be forgiven? No. The reason to confess sins is to get them out and get them under the blood and they are forgiven. So, the answer to the confession of sins is forgiveness, righteousness the answer to the sickness is healing that's why he says pray for it in fact let me ask you this which is easier to have your sins forgiven or to be healed jesus asked that question once remember you know they the, the, they were in their church service and there was the guy there with the shriveled hand or and then in another case there was a guy the lame guy that they brought in and he asked All the pastors and elders standing there, the Pharisees, and he said, hey, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to rise up and walk? Well, it's real easy to say your sins are forgiven because no one can see if they are or aren't. But rise up and walk, everybody can see that, right? And so he he says, your sins are forgiven, and then so that you know that the Son of Man has power to, authority to forgive sins, he says, rise up, take your bed, and walk. This is the same Jesus that's alive right now, making intercession for you and I. He hasn't changed. That same character trait of His hadn't changed at all to this moment. And it's not going to. So we're instructed to pray for healing. Let's uh, go to Psalms... You know, we looked at... Let's go to Psalms 103. We're going to come back here, so maybe you want to put a finger there. Psalms 103 and... You know, when you look at that in James five, there's forgiveness and healing all right there. But so often we've we've we know better than voicing it and giving um, voice assent to to what I'm about to say. But yet down inside of us, we kind of feel like yeah, it sins to be forgiven are easier than to receive that miracle healing, because yeah, it's really because I can't see my sins. It's just real easy for me to say, yep, they're under the blood. But, you know, healing is part of salvation, just like forgiveness of sins is part of salvation. There are benefits of salvation. Benefits of it. Let's look here in Psalms 103. Verse 1. My soul, bless the Lord, and all that's within me, praise His holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all, someone say all, All. His benefits. Now notice that the benefits has an S on the back of it. Not His benefit of forgiveness. Benefits. It's plural. There's more than one. There are benefits to being a believer. There are benefits that have eternal consequences for being a Christian, but there's also benefits that have earthly consequences for being a believer, a follower of Jesus. And so what are those benefits? Well, in verse 3, he lists them. He starts with forgiveness. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. Do you see how he put both of these together? Do you see that he didn't even wait till another verse? Just right there. He, heal, he forgives everything. He heals everything. Both things. Benefits. Let's keep reading. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with goodness. Not badness. He satisfies you with goodness. Do we have enough sense to know what's good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got that back in the Garden of Eden. When they took the bite of that other fruit. Knowledge of good and evil. We know what's good and what's evil. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. You ever see Paul? Uh, He's just as spry as a young chicken. 74 years old. I mean he's as lively as all get out, right? Youth is renewed like the eagle. I was telling him tonight before the service, I'm going to be like Paul. I'm going to be like you when I get 74 and be full of energy and life. He... Renews our youth. Benefits. Verse 6, more benefits. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Are you oppressed? The Lord is going to enact righteousness and justice for you. Benefits. Benefits of being a believer. Forgiveness of sin is a benefit. Just like healing is a benefit. Now let's go back to James 5. and This time let's begin reading in verse 14. James 5.14 Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, the elders of the assembly, and they should pray over him after anointing him with olive oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, He will be forgiven. Therefore, or here's why, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The intense prayer of the righteous is very powerful. The prayer of faith will save the sick person. The prayer of faith. Do you know what the prayer of faith is? What is the prayer of faith? Let's go look. Well, actually, I'll just... I'll read a verse to you. The prayer of faith is this. In Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I tell you, all the things, Jesus is speaking, all the things you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them, and you will have them. Believe that you have received them. So everything you pray for, everything you ask for, everything you require of the Lord, believe that it is yours. Believe that not you will receive. Believe that you have received. I thank you, Lord, for revealing that to me. I thank you, Lord, that you opened up my eyes and I now have perfect understanding of the situation that I'm up against. Right? Believe that you have received. What else is going to happen in the prayer of faith? Well, forgiveness of sins. You've got to have the same faith to have your sins forgiven as you need to be healed and to believe that you received. Let's look at some examples of prayers for healing. You can turn to Psalms 38. I'm going to read to you um, out of Genesis and Numbers while you're finding Psalms 38. Remember the story of how Abraham goes uh, down and he meets King Abimelech and he lies. And he says that Sarah is his sister. So King Abimelech takes her in as his wife. And now... He hadn't slept with her or anything yet, but it was sure winding up that it was, that was going to be happening soon, right? And a sickness, something broke out amongst them. And so King Abimelech, the Lord speaks to him that night, and um, this is what he says to him. He says, now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, know that you will certainly die, you and all who are yours. Well, if you're not going to live, and you will certainly die, that's an unrecoverable disease, isn't it? But you know, it's real easy for that thing to be just removed. It says, you will live. Do this, you'll live. Well, uh, later in the chapter, it says, Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female slaves, so that they could bear children. So there was healing when Abraham prayed. You Notice that he didn't say, if it's your will, Lord, heal Abimelech. It doesn't say that. Well, in in Numbers, in Numbers chapter 12, that's the story of where uh, Miriam and Aaron had had rebelled against Moses. You remember that part? You know, they they didn't like who Moses' wife was because she wasn't an Israelite. And so they start giving him grief for this and thinking he's less than. And she winds up, man, white as snow with leprosy. She is like just covered in leprosy. And she opened the door to this into her life, to judgment coming in her life. And, and, you know, all of us, we've all opened plenty of doors into our life. So let's not look at her as like you, you, you crazy people, right? No, but we've, we've done the same. And listen to what Moses, in in Numbers 12, 13, if you're taking notes. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, because they had said, now she needs to go out of the camp, because she's unclean, she can't be around people. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and this is what he said. He said, God, please heal her now. God, please heal her. Some translations will say, have please in there several times, but the implication, if you look at the original, is please and now. Notice he's not saying, Lord, if it's your will, I ask that you would heal them. No, he's saying, please heal her now. Let's go to Psalms 38. Did you find it yet? Because I haven't. Psalms 38. Let's look in verse 3. He says, Now, this is a psalmist writing, right? David. And he says, There is no soundness in my body. Because of your indignation, there is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my sins have flooded over my head, and they are a burden too heavy for me to bear. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am bent over and brought low. All day long I go around in mourning. For my loins are full of burning pain, and there is no health in my body." I am faint and severely crushed. I groan because of the anguish of my heart. Man, he is sick. He is is burdened down with guilt. He is depressed. Verse 9, Lord, my every desire is known to You. My sighing is not hidden from You. My heart races. My strength leaves me. And even the light in my eyes has faded. Verse 13, I'm like a deaf person. I do not hear. I am like a speechless person who does not open his mouth. So his response to all of these things is verse 18. So I confess my guilt. I am anxious because of my sin. And if you look down in verse 21 and 22, Lord, do not abandon me. My God, do not be far from me. Hurry to help me. <laughs> Have you ever had to pray, hurry? Hurry to help me, Lord, my Savior. Notice he is not asking for permission. He is not suggesting, he didn't add, hurry to help me, Lord, if it's your will. Lord, don't abandon me if this is your will. My God, don't be far from me if it's your will. None of that was in there. Remember Acts 4.30? We, We read that last week. How the apostles were together and they prayed and they said, Lord, stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders and heal. They didn't add in there, if it's your will. They just made the request. Stretch out your hands to heal and in signs and wonders and fill us with boldness. And they got what they asked for. You know, there's not one Bible example of that kind of prayer for healing, if it's your will. Not once. I mean, if someone doesn't agree with that and is telling you different, they ought to at least have some Scriptures, several, that would point to that. I mean, we've given 23 reasons why we believe healing is the will of God. And each one of those had many Scriptures. I mean, we've looked at hundreds of Bible verses concerning this thing. And so, we are very clear that it is the Lord's will to heal. So how are we going to pray? Let's go back to James, where we had been. James 5. Someone tell me, how are we going to pray? Prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. If you, if, if you pray for something, and you believe that you have received it, what's your next action going to be? Thank Him for it, right? You're grateful for it. You're so happy about it. Pray in faith, not in doubt. Would anyone ever pray, Lord, forgive my sins if it's Your will? No. That's laughable to us. But you know why? Because for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, that truth has been very clearly taught to us. What's not been taught to the church for hundreds of years is that it's also His will to heal you just like it is to forgive you. So let's look in James 5.14 again. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they should pray over him after anointing him with olive oil in the name of the Lord. There's power in His name. Verse 15. The prayer of faith. It's a very particular kind of faith. Believes it receives. The prayer of faith will save the sick person. And the Lord will raise him up. This is extremely strong language. Not maybe, not hopefully, not possibly, not if you pray long enough. Nope. Will. Shall, if you're reading in the King James. Will heal. The Lord will raise you him up. And if he has committed sins, he will. Be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The intense prayer of the righteous makes great power available. So reason number 23 that we believe healing is the will of God is because Scripture commands us to pray for healing. To ask for it. To receive it. Wouldn't tell us to pray for healing if it might not be His will. Reason number 24. We are certain that healing is God's will for everyone. is because of the all-inclusive promises of God. you know what all-inclusive means? A number of years ago, my wife and I, we went to an all-inclusive resort. Down in Jamaica. And so this was like, I think, for our fifth anniversary. And we, we go to this resort and... Everything was included. They had multiple restaurants at this place. They had everything you'd want to do at this place. And everything is included. They said that we want you to put your wallet away when you arrive and you don't need to pull it out the entire time. And you weren't even allowed to tip. Like you were going to get in trouble if you tried to tip. They made it very, very clear. Absolutely under no conditions is anyone allowed to tip. You know that goes against our American idea of things. You know, we we just want to bless people. Well, um, they were. It was an all-inclusive resort, okay? All-inclusive, everything included. Well, here, what about the all-inclusive promises of God? Let's go to Mark chapter nine. Mark nine. Now, the um, context is Jesus is up on the mountain. Transfiguration happens. Him and a couple of His disciples come back down off the mountain. And as they come down off the mountain, they run into this crowd of people. And this crowd of people, is there's this big hubbub going on and this discussion going on. And it seems like they're arguing about something. And so, um, one of the men in the crowd says, yeah, I brought my son to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. And so, Let's start reading in verse 20. So they brought him, the son, to Jesus, and when the Spirit saw him, it immediately convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. See, this guy here, he is not questioning whether or not Jesus wants to do something. He's already come and asked the disciples, believing they would want to, because see, the the their their name must have gotten out. Jesus' name was out. People, he had a reputation of you go to him, you're healed. And whole crowds came. Whole groups were healed at a time. He, all these amazing miracles were happening, and so it wasn't of a question of would like the other guy who said, "Would do you want to?" He, he questioned whether or not God wanted to heal him. But what he did ask was, let's look in verse 22. So uh, in verse 21, how long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked, Father, from childhood, he said in verse 22, and many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He's not questioning Jesus' desire. He's questioning His ability. Not sure. He might not. This one may be too big. I mean, this, his disciples tried and they couldn't. And if he would have just quit at the disciples and allowed his experience to define what he believes to be true, he would have walked away. The boy never would have been delivered, and he would have said, "No, See, it's not always God's will to heal everyone because they tried. They're the apostles, and they couldn't. And you know, they healed all those other guys. Everyone else that came to him got healed, but this one's just too big." So he's questioning, is it even possible? Can you do anything? If you can, help us please. And Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. Everything is possible to the one who believes. Let's say that together. Everything is possible to the one who believes. Close your eyes and say it again. Everything is possible to the one who believes. We're looking at the all-inclusive promises of God. The whosoever promises. The whosoever will. The whosoever believes shall be saved. Those are all-inclusive promises. Whosoever means anybody. And here, he says, everything is possible. All things are possible, one translation says. Everything. That leaves nothing out. This is an all-inclusive promise. Everything. Jesus made the statement. This isn't some Old Testament law, something one of the prophets maybe rattled off after having smelled a mushroom. None of that stuff. This is Jesus talking. And has Jesus ever lied? No. No. He said everything. Everything is possible to him who believes. Everything is possible to me because I believe. Let's say that. Everything is possible to me because I believe the all-inclusive promises of God. Would, would healing be included in everything? So on this promise alone, we could believe for healing. Everything's possible if you can believe it. Matthew 18.18. 18, let's go over there. And look at some more of these all-inclusive promises. Matthew 18 and verse 18. I assure you, now anytime you see words like this, some translations go, verily, verily, I say unto you. Others will say, you know, certainly I say to you. But here, this translation, words it this way, I assure you. It is Jesus bolstering what He is about to say. He said, look, I'm not lying. You know, Jesus spoke only the truth, but He knows that what He's about to say seems a little too good to be true the only thing in life that I've I've ever found to be true that seemed too good to be true was salvation the only thing if you run into other situations that seem too good to be true walk away from them all right walk away from them unless the Lord is telling you to be in that situation and in particular I'm talking about finances and investing I'm talking about uh Miracle healings from this medicine. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Let's look at verse 18 again. I assure you, I guess we hadn't read it yet. Whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. Different translations would read, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The um, ISV translation says it this way, I tell you with certainty, whatever you prohibit on earth will have been prohibited in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will have been permitted in heaven. The literal translation, I really like this one, says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on the earth will be, having been bound in heaven, And whatever you loose on the earth will be, having been loosed in heaven. That's where the authority, the binding, and the loosing, the power comes from. It's from heaven. It's not in and of ourselves. But it's from Him. And so when you bind or when you loose something, well, then it's bound or loosed. So whatever you bind is that pretty all-inclusive language. Whatever you bind. Would cancer fit into whatever? how about diabetes or arthritis or any other autoimmune disease how how about high blood pressure or any other physical problem they would all fit into the category of whatever whatever you bind on earth so if you find sickness in your body you bind it you say i don't permit you i don't allow you in my body you have no rights in my flesh Now I bind you, and I loose the peace and plan and joy and health and life of God into my flesh. I say, Sells, you be full of life. You be full of health. I receive from you. I thank you, Lord. And then you do a jig. Because when you believe you received, you'll do jigs. Verse 19. Again, I assure you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter, that you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. If just two of you, just two of you, will agree about any matter, is this a more all-inclusive language? Remember, we're talking, we believe in the healing power of God because of the all-inclusive promises of God. They're not promises that are just specific to healing. They're all-inclusive promises and they certainly include healing. If two of you on earth agree about any matter, any matter, someone say any matter, that you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Let's go over to chapter 21. More inclusive language. Chapter 21 and this is Matthew's account of the fig tree that was barren and was cursed and it withered up. And Jesus finishes up the conversation with them in verse 22, with this statement. He says, "...and if you believe..." Believe is the key part here. "...if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer." Would that include healing of any kind? If you believe, you will receive. Not maybe, not if it's the Lord's will. None of that language is here. And if he didn't want us to get the wrong idea about such inclusive language, he should have said it differently. Or followed it up with, if that's what God wants for you. But he did not. He said, if, if, maybe, there's the maybe part. If you can believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Whatever you require in prayer is the word. Whatever you require in prayer. I'm going to read some others to you. You don't need to turn there. I'm just going to go through them quickly. In the book of John, in chapter 14, Jesus said this. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. All inclusive. Anything. Would that cover your debts? Would that cover needing wisdom or knowledge? Would that cover relationships? Family problems? Would that cover... There's nothing that we could mention, right? That's not in this promise. And if someone's thinking this, we know that there are limitations to these promises. What do you mean limitations? Well, for example, you have to believe. If you don't believe, well, it's not just automatically going to happen. And you do need to ask something that is in line with the Lord's will, At least does not go against His will. Let's put it that way. For example, I can't pray and ask the Lord for my neighbor's wife. I already have a wife. Scripture very clearly forbids that kind of behavior. And so for me to ask the Lord for that, He's not even going to hear that prayer because I have sin in my heart on the matter. So it's not like He's sitting up there deciding am I going to answer that or not. He didn't even hear it. Because the Word says if I'd had an iniquity in my heart, He would not have heard me. didn't say He wouldn't have answered me. It says He wouldn't have heard me. And so, we know that there are caveats to it. That you can't ask to go sin. Oh, well, that's anything. That's why we're going over 20-some reasons why we know that it's God's will to heal. Because I don't want you to ever be in a situation where you're going... I'm not sure, it, it, would that be God's will on healing? No, we know. The answer is yes, just like with forgiveness. The answer is yes. So, uh, I read in uh, the scripture to you from John 14, says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15:7 says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, very inclusive, and it will be done for you. See, there's the key. If my words remain in you and you remain in my words, you're not going to desire things that are outside of the plan of God for your life. And then you can ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. In verse 16 of that chapter, he said, Whatever you ask the Father in my name. Does that include everything? Whatever? Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give to you. John 16, 23, and 24, he says this, I assure you, anything you ask the Father in my name... I will give you. Very all-inclusive. Until now you've asked for nothing in My name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. What would happen if we just believed this? We started asking really big. Of course, you've got to believe it. What would happen if as a child we just said, oh, how many of you remember um, the first time you heard these types of verses, and that you realize that these might be for me. How many of you remember that? Yeah. Remember that, that, first, that first time faith that welled up in you because it was like, oh, could it be? Could, could, could this? What if it was true? What if he really did mean that for me? And then you decided to step out of the boat in faith upon the promise of God and miracle of miracles. Mark 11, I'd read, I'd read Mark 11:24 to you earlier. I'm going to read verse 22 and 23 out of the literal translation, so you don't need to put it up on the screen. I don't think we have that one. If we do, it's the LITV if we have it. Mark 11:22 and 23 says this. This is the fig tree had been cursed. Peter questions Jesus about it. He's amazed at it. And answering, Jesus said to them, Have faith of God. For truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, be thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be to him whatever he says. So it's twofold. You've got to say it. You've got to believe it. We don't say it to try to believe it. We say it because we believe it. There's a difference. You know, if you don't believe it and you're trying to get over into belief, it can be helpful to begin saying it. Alright? That can, that can get the engine turning. But we say it because we believe. And then verse 24, Therefore I tell you, all the things you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them, and you will have them. How do I believe that I've received them? You just accept it and say, okay, I did my part. I asked. You said it's mine, so it's mine. It's a done deal. I'm not going to carry any worry or concern about this issue anymore. It's already finished. It's been delivered. It's signed. It's sealed. The powers that be in heaven itself are working on my behalf because I bound things and I loosed things, and His power is working in the earth on my behalf as I have believed. Thank you, Lord. And you just give Him thanks and you praise Him. You know, somebody tells you that it's not possible. You know, there's doctors that say that's not possible to be healed, right? Or it's not possible to do this or to do that. Maybe outside of healing, other things, finances or whatever. It's not possible. When someone says that to you, they're saying the wrong thing. What they're really saying is, I don't know of a way. That it could happen. I don't know of a way. I haven't found a way. I don't see a way that it would be possible. But is all things possible? Yeah. You know, if, if Gene stood up and told me that I can jump up and touch those lights, I'd be like, that's not possible. But is that true? I don't see how it's possible, but he could be tapped into something entirely that I'm not even aware of. And the power of the Lord comes on him and he jumps up and hangs up there. I don't know. But is it possible? Well, with God all things are possible. Believing seeing is not believing. It's a phrase that we use and we say but but we shouldn't because it's not true. And it gives the wrong idea. You know, seeing is believing. No, it's not. Seeing is seeing. Believing is when you don't see. In fact, in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter said it this way. Faith is the evidence of what? Things not seen. It's evidence of things that you cannot see yet. And where is the evidence of it? In here, on the inside. Because you took a hold of the all-inclusive promises of God or a promise that's very specific to the situation that you're facing and you see it on the inside. You go, you know what? I don't see just the cross anymore. I see the empty tomb. I see the resurrection. I see the power of God at work in me and through this situation. Remember Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, he said that we don't focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. He's talking about his inside spiritual eye. He's not talking about his natural eye because you can't see what you can't see. He's talking about seeing from the inside. Allowing the Lord to develop the vision, the sight on the inside. And what is seen is temporary, he went on and said, but what is unseen is eternal. Worship team, you can come. Yes. Grab the mic and get it turned on and I'll have you uh, speak. The so reason number 23, why we believe that healing is God's will, is because we are commanded to pray for healing. We have scriptural examples of praying and receiving healing. And reason number 24, why we're certain that healing is the will of God is because of the all-inclusive promises of God. Can someone say amen? amen. Alex, come and share a testimony. Okay, two testimonies. How's everybody doing?
3: Good. The testimonies I have are going to fit pretty good. into. This. So the first one is last Sunday, um, Me, I went over to Shane's house to hang out with him. He's doing some guarding, gardening. Gardening. And Marie was there too. And um, so before I uh, went in there, I was like, you know, I, I grabbed my Bible and was like, you know what, Lord, when I go in here, I want you to reveal some new stuff to me. You know what I'm saying? I go into there, and um, we go and sit on the front porch. And we just start talking, and Shane's like, We're, we start talking about um, how the Spirit isn't redeemed, but it's recreated how our flesh goes back to the dirt and all that other stuff you know and so um the day before um i read first corinthians 15 and ecclesiastics 3 and they just went both right over my head you know so, so then um when he talked about that i started reading in ecclesiastics and it it just talked about how the beast which is our body goes back to the dirt and our spirit or something like that goes straight up to him and almost the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15 so I'm just like well when when you ask for the Lord to do stuff for you like when it's gone he's going to do it no matter what you know the second testimony is um, so um, I've been having real hard time with uh, my finances lately and um, because my last job I'd work a week and maybe work and be off two, three weeks and I was having a problem with unemployment with my unemployment so um, this Tuesday or Monday night I I checked my account and I was negative $100, negative I had nothing I I asked for help from my family they didn't have anything either so Tuesday morning, I had a quarter tank of gas, and I was like, "Lord, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do," you know. And I was like, I, "I I want you to provide for me." So he was like, "Okay, go check your account." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." So I go, to, I open up my account, and I have twenty-five hundred dollars. Twenty-five hundred dollars. It was twenty-six, but with the hundred bucks they got taken out. <laughs> so um, and then uh, Thursday rolls around. I come here. um, I was at uh, Gateway House of Prayer. Then, for some reason, I felt like I was supposed to come. So I come here. I'm doing some LTS work. Um, I come around 12, 1 o'clock. John knows. Um, And I'm here from like 12, 1 o'clock till 5 o'clock. But um, so around 4 o'clock, I was just sitting there reading my word. And then for some reason, I wanted to check my account again. (laughs) You know, I, I was still processing it. So I go and I check my account again, and it went from 2,500 to 3,500. were <laughs> 3,588 dollars to be exact. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was just like—was
0: it all legal? What we were yeah,
3: about? Yeah, okay. yeah, So, so the first one was from unemployment, to 2,500, which just came out of nowhere, and then the second was the stimulus. Yeah, and I was just like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And, um, so, um, John kind of heard some joyful noises that I made, but, (laughs) because I thought he left, but, um, just, just, (laughs) so, um, you know, just believing in the Lord that he can actually do stuff is, and him doing it, it, it's incredible, and I'm just saying that if he can do it for me, because I believe he, he, he can do it for anybody here. So just keep on doing yeah, you're debt free. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm debt free
0: too. <laughs> Hallelujah. All things are possible to him who believes. It's a good testimony. Thank you. I'm going to give you all some wisdom because a whole bunch of you have been stimulated, some of you are still coming. Pay off your debts don't go blow it on toys use it wisely ask the Lord how should I use it or invest it or you know whatever the Lord tells you to do with it but be wise with it all right now one more thing I feel like I should tell you I was gonna have another reason on tonight and I had studied and prepared and and had it in the notes and um the longer time went, the closer we got to leaving to come to the service, um, I just it's not right. Something, I can't, something's not right. And so I, I start checking on the inside. What, what's the deal? I need to take that last reason off. Like, well, was, well, why? And this is what I felt like the Lord said to me. that Because somebody that needs to hear it is not going to be there tonight. So, Lord willing... I am seeking His will on what He would want me to do for next weekend. I intend to uh, bring that next week. So let's believe, God, that that person, whoever it is, is here that needs to hear it. And it's about living a long life. Okay? Living a long life. Promises of long life. All right, stand with me and let's worship the Lord. Let's thank Him for all the promises, the all-inclusive promises that He's given to us. Father, we present ourselves to You and we're grateful. Thank You, Lord, for giving us these great and precious promises that You've given to us all things that pertain to life, and to godliness and I just receive it right now father in this house on church of the word international upon its people father that we walk in your divine blessing and wisdom your divine health the divine forgiveness of sin the divine righteousness that you put upon us I thank you for it I bless you for it in Jesus name to do something during this song just picture the lord on the throne if you have to shut your eyes cut out all the distractions it's not about sounding pretty it's not about looking proper or posed come on but it's about singing from your heart to the lord it's about worshiping him so he invites us into his throne room to come boldly. So I just invite you with me to to direct your attention and focus to the Lord on His throne and sing to Him because He has ears to hear you.
3: breath that
1: I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God.
0: Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
1: Your goodness, Lord.
0: just open up the altar up here the front if you're new to this house this is what we call the altar the front area and invite you that if you would like to surrender your life to the lord if you've not done that maybe there's something in your life that isn't surrendered you know i've got most of this over here surrendered to Him, but there's this area maybe it's a marriage maybe it's a relationship maybe it's your finances Whatever that be, I just invite you to come down here to the front and surrender to the Lord completely and wholly. Allow Him to minister to you, to encounter you. And by you coming down here, it shows that publicly I'm willing to surrender to the Lord. That there's something there that I wanted to surrender. That you maybe felt like you hadn't done already. Render all.
3: As as oh, the blood, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood, oh, the blood of Jesus. Praise God.
0: Your amazingness, your faithfulness, your love is amazing, Lord. And we bless you, Lord. We thank you. Why don't we all just say, thank you, Lord.
3: Thank you, Lord.
0: You know, the best expression of thanks is a life of giving and service to Him. So let's live in full thanks this week to Him, all right? Live in full thanks. Ask your neighbor as you go tonight. Everyone's invited downstairs, but on your way or when you're down there, ask your neighbor, is there something I can pray for you for? You know, prayer changes things. Prayer makes history. Prayer changes world events. Prayer changes your events. <laughs> All right? So let's, let's do that. Let's ask each other, is there something I can pray or agree with you about? And then bless them in that way. One way we love God is we pray for each other, right? We pray for each other. All right. Thank you for coming out.
2: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Word International here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So glad to see all of you. Freedy family, welcome home. (laughs) It's always great to see you. Psalms 24. What a great, great Psalm. The king of glory and his kingdom. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? Question mark. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him who seek your face lift up your heads lift up your heads O gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in welcome him tonight welcome him into your life your spirit your soul your body who is this king of glory The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He battles for you. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Let's all stand up together and invite. The king of glory, not only in the atmosphere, in this place, but in your very spirit, soul, and body.
1: Let's do that right now. Father, we invite you.
3: Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh today. Hallelujah. I tell you, if you believe in Jesus, raise this hand. If you love him, raise his hand. And while you're there, just go ahead and praise him a bit. Hallelujah. I've tricked you again, hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah.
0: and we pray for our children as they go to children's ministry and as our workers go let's just pray over them as they go father i lift up each child to you I thank you, Lord, for the divine purpose and plan that is instilled within them already. And we call forth that divine purpose and plan to awaken within them, even at a young age, to awaken and come out of them, Lord. I thank you that you put people around them that will speak life to what you put within them that will help them to walk, grow and develop into what you have envisioned for them, to the future that you see for them. I thank you for it. Father, we call forth your spirit, your grace, your power upon every one of the ministers that are ministering to them tonight, to our teachers, that your divine truth flow in and through each member of the, that ministry team. In Jesus' name, and amen. Well, let's hug on one another. Welcome somebody.
4: Well, good evening, everyone. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Your heart's ready for what God would minister to you? Willing to change? Amen. All right, well, we'd like to welcome anyone that's with us here for the very first time. So if you're here for the first time or consider yourself a guest, can you raise your hand so we can recognize you, welcome you? All right. Well, we're all family tonight. Anyone need a cash envelope for your giving, raise your hand. The ushers will get one, too. If you're giving by credit card, do fill out all of the blanks. Did you know that we don't have to talk God into meeting our needs? Isn't that awesome? You know, that's in His name. Is One of the names of God, Jehovah Jireh. Am I saying that right? I don't know. (laughs) It looked weird. But anyways... It literally means the Lord will provide. Well, the Lord will provide. The literal translation is the Lord will see to it. He'll see to it. You know, he's just, he is the source of life. He's the source of everything. He is the provider. And it's important that we have that understanding of who he is. And also that we know that his desire is that we prosper in every area. You know, prosperity is not just how many dollars are in your bank account there's a lot of people who have a lot of dollars in their bank accounts and are not prosperous at all but his heart is that we prosper and be in health in every area that's in third john verse two psalms thirty five verse twenty seven the last part of that verse says, great is the lord who delights in the welfare or some translations say prosperity of his servant it makes him happy to see you do well he wants to see you doing well in every area, and so we don't have to beg him for it. We don't have to plead and pray. You know, some people just pray and pray and pray and, and fast and gnash their teeth and I don't know what all, but put, like, like they're going to change God's mind with enough activity. You can do that for a month straight, and you're not going to change his mind because his mind is going to be the same as it was at the beginning of all of that, that he's for you. He wants to meet your needs. He wants you doing well. You're not going to uh, motivate him to change his desire because that is his desire to meet your needs and for you to do well. Um, now, I don't say don't pray and don't fast, but the purpose of that would be that we identify what's hindering so that we can change, so that we can get re, uh, remove the hindrances. So here's a question. What do you think would hinder us? From God being able to prosper us or meet our needs. What are some hindrances? Us? Okay. That's pretty general. <laughs> but that's true. Doubt. Not giving. Okay. Doubt. Doubt. Not being in faith. Fear. Unforgi- someone say unforgiveness. Okay. Fear. Yes. What? It's two things. What? Someone over here. Works. Okay, and over here, somebody said something. Disobedience, Disobedience? forgetting what? Forgetting to, harvest. forgetting to harvest. That's good. I don't have any number of things. I'm just seeing what y'all have to say because, hey, participation's great. All of these things are true, and it's important that we you know we identify. You know, we have the promises of God. We know the heart of God is for us. You know, the psalmist says, "This I know that God is." for me so if it's in his name to provide if we know his heart is for us to experience prosperity we know the promises are there and if we're not seeing it then we need to be able to identify what might be hindering and so y'all had great great response here Um, you know not not acting on the tithe covenant not participating with the law of sowing and reaping not trusting god Fear. Somebody mentioned fear, and there's a whole host of ways that can show up in your life. You know, Fear of not getting the bills paid, fear of lack, fear of we'll never have it, fear of pressure, fear of they'll take it all. I mean, hindrances. So we need to identify so we can remove these hindrances, so we can fully put our trust in the Lord and expect all these promises, all these good things he wants to get across to you. All right, well, let's take a hold of the tithe and let's return it to the Lord father we're just so grateful tonight that you're for us that all of your thoughts are good towards us and that you desire to see us do well in every area that you want to meet our needs and you have an answer for every problem that could ever arise so we just we thank you we look to you as our provider we trust you and so we present our tithe to you And we just say, ask you to multiply it and ask you to bless the people and meet every need in the house. In Jesus' name, And amen. Amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will give unto the Lord. Next week is our mission Saturday, so be prepared to, um, or be praying about where the Lord would have you give in missions. Tomorrow night we've got our youth and young adult impact is here at the church, 6 to 8. And also, next Saturday, is the men's breakfast, March 27th. It's going to be the men's group here at 8 a.m. If you have not signed up, please do sign up. That way he's not shooting in the dark at how many people he's cooking breakfast for. I hear that somebody has an anniversary. Some, a very special couple has an anniversary. Can we give Paul and Sandy a hand? 39 years. Yeah. We love you guys. you guys are an inspiration and such a blessing to all of us, so I hope you have many, many more together, as many as you would like. Falls in the back there. We're congratulating you and your wife on 39 years. That's right. Don't you just love family you know we can just be free to love on each other and doesn't all have to look a certain way all right well are you prepared to open your heart to receive what your pastor has from the lord for you this evening